This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. They're talking. All right, welcome to the second edition of Midweek Menches. My name is Will, aka Crispy Meme, aka uh, Christy Yamaguchi Main. Uh, I am joined this week, uh, same crew as last week, by uh, the mayor from Cartersville, Georgia, Mayor Matt Santini, uh, Ant from Brooklyn, Drake. AKA Cody Cavalry and John from Miami. Fellas, how's uh, how's everybody's week going? Going well. I just man. really Go want on. to know if the games are rigged or not. I mean, uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're, lots of good topics the past couple of days. We're gonna we're gonna run down uh, Tuesday and today's show. Where um, Mayor Matt, you were up first, man. What you want to talk about? Outstanding. Thanks, gentlemen. Hope you're doing all right. I've got you know Billy started off the show today with his BBBBBB stuff. And I've got mm-hmm. a bunch of bees for you to start. I've got bowling, uh, which t- ties into Billy Gilday. I've got brunch and breakfast, which they talked about. And I got baseball, including the Braves. So um, I- I'm going to start off with, you know, one of the things Billy's talk, first of all, his rant about bowling that he said he got a lot of blowback <laughs> on. I thought it was phenomenal. The whole thing about the wing sauce. And if you're not having wings, right. but you got sauce on your ball and, and all that other stuff, I thought it was, I thought it was great. It got me to thinking, you know, I had a really good, uh, we were going to call it Gilcon uh, until COVID took this all away. We were oh, going to no. we were going to have the Marlins who were opening up the season playing Atlanta. We were planning on celebrating Billy Gill up here early in the season and and going to a Braves game as they took on the Marlins. But then I figured next year when things get back to normal, we're going to have Gilcon 2021 and we're going to have a bowling tournament in honor of Billy. Wow, <laughs> got me to thinking. Uh, your best, your best score bowling. I bowled a two Oh two once. I'm oh, not wow. a bowler, but I, I was, I was okay in the day. And I was curious what your, what your bowling scores were, what your bowling experiences were like. This is Ant. Um, I don't know. I always had fun bowling. I always stunk. I think my max was probably like 150, if even that, but I know every time I went, you know, I always had fun. It was enjoyable, especially if you were with like four or five other friends, you get some wings, maybe a pizza, a pitcher of beer. Oh, yeah. And it becomes sort of a, a goofiness than necessarily. No one's trying to necessarily bowl 300. You're just trying to sort of beat your friends and have some fun. A little air For hockey. Sure. Drake, what about you? 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty average bowler. I think probably my highest score is up in the 180s. Um, but the bowling alley definitely, especially if you throw a couple back, the food is is super underrated as far as um, low quality, but at the time it is extremely extremely good. Kind of kind of oh, yeah. similar to a late a late night Waffle House. Very good, John. What about you? You were in agreement with the food piece. Absolutely, because um, well, the food is definitely underrated it just brings everything down though when you get sauce on your balls you know it's terrible experience you know it ruins the whole bowling experience at least for me it does maybe maybe other i don't know we should talk to jeff see if he's ever had um sauce on his ball but i'm a probably below average bowler but i think one time i lucked out and i got like a 190 not bad at all crispy what about you so uh i Actually, I did not want to play any sports as a kid growing up. My mom tried to get me into baseball, tried to get me into like, you know, just any kind of, you know, kid activity or whatever. And I came home one day with a flyer for a bowling league in like second or third grade. And I I had never wanted to do anything like this before. So my mom, uh, she took me to our, our local uh, place called Cardinal Lanes and uh, I bowled in a league for like three years. Um, I think my highest score uh, not when I bowled in a league, not as a little kid, but I think it's like a 189, 190. I never got any good, but uh, I, I had my own ball, had my name engraved on it, won a couple plaques, I think, at the end of the season. Um, and as far as the food goes, they had the absolute best breakfast egg and cheese sandwiches there and i still like just thinking about it right now just talking about it i can taste those sandwiches and i am getting super hungry just uh just thinking about it bowling alley cuisine how about that well i know we'll probably come back to to more food i'm gonna i'm gonna skip the brunch and breakfast part that i've got because i got a feeling one of y'all are going to come back to it i want to move on to baseball by the way the braves off to a great start in the series as we record this, we're not going to talk about anything else. Uh, I'll just say it's the umpire's fault, just like every other sports fan does. Anything it else? was like, what was it like, like 30 to nothing in the first <laughs> inning or something? Something like that. Something like that. But but I digress. This really comes more from Greg Cody. Every time he, he talks about that Statomatic baseball, and if you listen to his podcast, uh, he, he, he talked a little bit about Statomatic with Uncle Dick. Uh, but it got me to thinking that the baseball games that I played growing up, baseball simulation games there was one that me and my brothers played called status pro that is very much like statomatic it was all card based and you would have to shuffle these cards and do all that but to me the best baseball game that we played was a it was all, it was on a computer but it was called micro league and it was actual baseball players you didn't move the players around but you made managerial decisions and you'd pick which pitches and you and you'd play with the full lineups and then yeah. it would kind of animate everything that happened and it was great so i could talk about micro league baseball for hours it still has a cult following but I was wondering what games you guys played, baseball simulation or baseball video games growing up. And, and uh, Crispy, I'll come right back to you because you because you probably didn't play any, did you? Well, I know uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. Um, yeah. That was the one uh, for, I think, Super Nintendo uh, was was uh, the one that I played at my friend Judd's house who lived uh, in my, on my dad's block. So, uh, yeah, that's the one that I played. I think that's the only one that I played, actually. Drake, you said you were down with Ken Griffey baseball. See, I aged out of that. That was too. I was I was aged out of that at that point. Yeah, Ken Griffey is definitely a classic. Um, also, Slugfest, which is which was the the MLB version of NFL Blitz, to where you could you could hit fire six hundred foot home runs and tackle a guy trying to steal. That game was legendary. 
um, not a video game, but a little, and not even an arcade game, but I don't know if they're popular where you guys are, but in, in pizza places, the little gumball um, thing where oh, you would, yeah, yeah. with the field and it would have a single, double, triple home run. Those things are legendary for kids. I don't, I don't think they still have them anymore though. Well, your reward is you get a 17 month old gumball that breaks your teeth. When <laughs> That's you true. I guess it's for it. Yeah, and what about you? kind of phased out. So yeah, I'm, I'm sort of on the older end along with you, Matt. I used to play in television baseball. Absolutely. That was one of my favorite games, mostly because I didn't necessarily have any video games growing up, but my cousin who was like 20 years older than me had it. And so we would always play whenever we were at his house. As far as other stuff, me and my friends were super geeks. So we actually used to do our own baseball by going through the box scores every day and recording the stats and playing basically fantasy baseball as like 10 year old kids, but by reading the paper and, you know, we would draft players and then we calculate the stats ourselves every day. How many hits did Griffey have home runs, doubles, triples, and calculate averages and all that stuff and all that. So, but Man, you, know, you, you and that the, stuff, you and the mayor were nerds. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm still a nerd or a geek or whatever you want to call it. So. I mean, I, I had some of the game uh, consoles like uh, that Ant was talking about and then uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and I think I maxed out there. Um, in terms of baseball video games, I did play a few, but I can't remember them. Uh, I do remember playing Tecmo Bowl if we're staying in, you know, in sports video game genre, but um, I can't contribute too much to the uh, baseball video game. Yeah. I certainly didn't play. I, I had no idea what Stratomatic baseball was. I had to ask it in the chat and then look it up. Well, explain no it real quick to, to people that might not be familiar, but here Greg Cody mentioned it all the time. Uh, give us a, a quick rundown of it. It was basically card-based. I mean, you would you would have different players that had card values. This was very similar to the game I mentioned called Status Pro, but you, you know, different players based on their league-long statistics Okay. You have a certain number of values, and then you would flip a card to see what that number was, and based on who the pitcher was and what their stats said, and what the what the uh, batters were, it would determine what kind of happened there. Whether it was an out or a home run or a you know a double, or if somebody's able to steal. If you wanted to steal a base, you'd have to flip a card and and see what okay. kind of ranges it fell into. So it was like Dungeons and Dragons, but for baseball. Yeah. Basically, I was going to say it's it's like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon, but like uh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. I had no idea. Okay, Stratomatic. That name gives off like you, you know in my head. You know the little the the little football fields where the yeah, players vibrate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I had that kind of mental image in my head every time Greg Cody would say that name. But uh, man, I was way off with that. Well, by the way, Ant, Atari and in television baseball, world ranked in both of them. I'll take anybody on in television baseball. My God. <laughs> yeah. So very good. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to let y'all get to your topics, and I'm sure I'll chime in on those as well. So thanks a lot. Thank you, Mayor. All right. Ant from Brooklyn. You are up next, my man. What you want to talk All right. about? Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Ant from Brooklyn, Ask Dino on Twitter. So I wanted to go down, continuing on the baseball topic, but go in the other direction that Billy also talked about, which is the autographs thing. And being a kid who went to a mall to go and like, who's your favorite player and get their autographs. Now, where I grew up, we didn't do that. But my dad used to take me to a game like every other week. If the Yanks were in town, we were going Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And we would always try to get there two, three hours ahead. 
I would stand outside to get autographs or whatever I could. I have, I mean, I probably have a hundred different baseballs or whatever um, signed by just random players or different players. But the thing I remember goes the other way. My favorite player growing up was Dave Winfield and Dave Winfield would not sign anything. The only thing he would sign at one point, he put out a book and he would sign his book. If you brought his book. And I remember being so mad because he was my favorite player and I loved him and I watched him and he would never sign anything. And then I finally decided, all right, I'll break down. I'll, I'll get my dad to get the book. I'll read it. I'll bring it to stadium. I'll get his autograph. And I don't know what it was, but he, that day that I brought it, he refused to sign. I was like, it's just not my, it's my luck. I'm just not wow. going to get this guy's autograph. So I felt very much like Billy Gay was talking today as far as having that happen and, and sort of being spurred by a, by a, by a player that you sort of really loved and admired. And That's so really sad, Ant. <laughs> and it's it, it, Yeah. And this is going back, like, this is going back 30 years, back before, like, you know, people were selling autographs or trying to do right. anything. It wasn't even like, he was just like, I'm not signing. You bring my book, I'll sign it. I'm like, all right, I guess I got to break down and, you know, go buy. And back then, I mean, it was bookstores. It was Amazon. So we had, okay, right. I got to go find a store that has the book. Right. Because it came out, I don't know, six months ago. Is it still available? Like, it was like a process. And I just remember, like, sad fates because it just never worked out for me. I don't know. I was had so much fun going. And, you know, I got pictures with a lot of players who, one of my other favorites, Don Mattingly, who's managing the Marlins. I've got so many pictures of him with me, like a small little kid with spiked hair or whatever. And, you know, him looking. That was the book. I mean, it wasn't written for 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 a twelve year old kid or a thirteen year old kid. It was written for like you know. I mean, he talked about baseball, and I mean, he's an interesting athlete because he was drafted in three sports. That's how good he was. Whoa. He was drafted in football and baseball and basketball. That's how good he was. But he sucks but, at humanity. Yeah. So he he got a lot of good lucky genes. But so I, I got to tell you this. I'm sorry, I'm kind of chatty tonight, but uh, I did my brother's favorite baseball player of all time. My younger brother, Todd, his favorite baseball player is Don Mattingly. And I actually found a Don, you know, he doesn't, he didn't sign many autographs, but for his high school graduation, I got him a Don Mattingly signed autograph, uh, signed uh, picture of him, which oh, wow. uh, he, he still has that. So that that's pretty good. Several years later, I do have to tell you the Cal Ripken brush. I grew up in Rochester, New York, which was the AAA affiliate, the Rochester Red Wings. My grandfather used to take us to the ball games all the time. And uh, my favorite baseball player was a guy by the name at the time was a guy named Kiko Garcia. He was a shortstop, played with the Orioles a little bit. But I remember we went to the game. I wanted to go see Kiko play. I think I just liked him because of the name. And uh, I remember crying incessantly because he didn't play tonight. And the stupid manager wanted to play his his son at shortstop that night. And, of course, it was Cal Ripken who was playing shortstop. <laughs> so I got to watch him play but dad because his dad was the coach of the Rochester Red Wings. I was like, he just wants his son to play. It's fantastic. What that's, a good that, story. Yeah, that's a great story. Man. Oh, man. Compiler. Compi- yeah, indeed. Indeed. Drake, what about you? You got any autographs or any autograph stories? Yeah, so we – I was fortunate to grow up, so – in my hometown, Greenville, South Carolina, we used to host um, the Greenville Braves, which is which was the the Double A affiliate for the Braves, and that whole '90s run of Braves guys all came through um, my hometown. And I mean, I got I had pictures and autographs with all those guys. And and the coolest thing was once all those guys were there, Smoltz and Maddox. Once if they got hurt and they went to the DL. They were they were coming back through Greenville and that thing, that stadium was packed out 30, 
30,000 deep just to watch those guys throw. Um, and Smoltz, man, he would stay after till 1 a.m. and sign the whole um, whole line of autographs. So Smoltz, he was definitely definitely one of my fan, fan faves growing up. I love hearing that. I, like, there's nothing that warms my heart more than than a a great athlete or just a just any kind of pop culture figure that puts that kind of time in for the for fans. Um, you know, because they don't owe it to you. Like, you know, like signing a few autographs here and there, but like staying staying super late, man. That 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 means a lot to so many people, and they the rest of their lives they tell that story to everybody. You know, that right. that'll, that'll listen to it. It's so cool, John. What about you, man? It's going to be another open frame for me. Didn't go to many, um, to many games. And I really wasn't that interested in getting things signed. Yep. So open frame. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. Well, so like, I don't really have the only real sports autograph that I have is uh, David Thompson. The, uh, the Denver nugget won a championship with uh, NC state. Uh, he's from my dad's hometown of Shelby, North Carolina. And I went to see Alonzo mornings, first game against the Charlotte Hornets after he left Charlotte and went to Miami and David Thompson happened to be there. And I got him to sign like the giveaway basketball, the Charlotte Hornets basketball uh, that they, uh, they gave to all the fans that night. Um, but besides that um, I've mentioned it before. My dad was in the film business for a long time. And one of the coolest things uh, growing up was that he did three seasons of Matlock with Andy Griffith and got to become buddies with him to the point where every year we would get like a personalized Christmas card from Andy Griffith and his wife. And it would have like a different classic car on it every year. Um, and to a certain generation of folks that grew up watching Mayberry and stuff, that is a huge deal. I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the younger listeners just tuned out or are saying who the hell is Andy Griffith or Mayberry. Or who the hell is Matlock? <laughs> exactly. exactly. The younger, the younger, Younger listeners tuned out when we started talking about signatures because that doesn't exist anymore. It's who it's are you getting a selfie, a, man? A all selfie with exactly, <laughs> and that actually exactly. reminds me. So, so um, I do have a few autograph things, but it wasn't from when I was a kid, and they all came from like fundraiser things. Like uh, probably the best one I have is a a Dwayne Wade uh, signed jersey. Oh but hell yeah! Again, it, it, it's um, out of context because it's not. I didn't get it when I was a kid. It was a fundraising auction. Um, and so I just bid in one. Conversely, I have something that actually went down in value and I have a white side signed jersey. <laughs> I'll give you 15 bucks for it, right? Yeah, now. but when I got yeah, that's right. But when I did get it, he was he was right up on that high. He was hundred you know, million dollar player. Probably. He's doing everything. He's that season is when he got the you know the because of that season that he got paid the next season. And it was for, you know, for, uh, I forget the cause, but it was for uh, maybe the school or, yeah. or something. So. Did um, he sign his name or did he sign he who shall not be named? No, he, <laughs> he, he, he says his own name, uh, but uh, yeah, it's him. I just, uh, I have it around. That was the year that he probably got the, uh, what was it? The gold plated AK 47 stolen out of the back of his car. Did he get that? <laughs> did he have that happen? Yeah, yeah. He, he had some like $50,000 gun uh, stolen. Out, like he just left his car unlocked when he went inside somewhere. And it got How taken expensive out of are the, the bullets? Seat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know at all. No, there's what this was the year that they made that that white side parody song. But um, yeah, it was that year. It was the best year he, he probably ever had. All right. And good topic. I, I love uh, 
love, like I said, I, I love hearing when people are either straight up dickheads about signing autographs or when they're, uh, when they're, you know, turn out to be decent people. And to so. be fair, 99.9% of my interactions were good. It yeah. just happened to be the guy I was most after. And that's probably the way it happens. Always the person you're yeah. most interested in is the one who's least interested, you know, is, uh, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get fined $50 here. Dave Winfield still alive. Yes. Okay. So there's still a chance. You said that with a period, not with a question mark, right? <laughs> yes, correct, correct. Dave Winfield, Winfield fly rule, still alive. All yeah. right. But not the birdie hit with his ball. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Cody Cavalry, you are up, right. my man. What you got? Um, Chris Cody's. I'm going to talk about his, his hotel bed and pillow take. It's definitely hard to find a combination of a good bed and a good pillow. I will say there's not many things better than a good hotel sleep. Um, I'm going to chalk it up to one, you're out of your house. You're not having to clean. You're not having to cook. It seems to be um, sort of a, a zen when you get to a to a nice hotel, especially. But I will say when Dan talked about he he bought the bed that the hotel was in to sleep at to take to his house. I will make the take that the bed that you sleep in the hotel, when you bring it home, it's not going to sleep as good as you did in that hotel. <laughs> Similar to food at a restaurant, you can make the same thing at home. It's not going to taste as good. It's no. the it's it's the environment that that adds the juice and the uh, a little a little more goodness to the bed. Oh, let's get a little academia out here. That's a little bit of John Steinbeck. Remember, John Steinbeck said if you were on vacation all the time, then you wouldn't enjoy it because you would have the experience of vacation. So yep. right. So it's a little bit of that. I got to ask you a question of this because I totally agree with you on the pillow mattress thing. Hotel mattresses, typically money, pillows, a little troublesome. Any of you travel with your own pillow to make sure you get yes. the good pillow experience? Yeah, I do. Uh, ma the majority of the time I do. I don't. I was, I that's not, that's not something I, I do. I won't take one on a plane. Like, that's just like, I don't have time for that. But if I'm like driving in a car and going somewhere, yeah, road trip, yeah, I might throw a couple in the back. Yeah, I'm not putting a pillow in a suitcase. John, what about you? I won't. My wife will. I have had that experience of going to, to a hotel and waking up the next day and wondering what the hell did I just sleep on? Because it's the best <laughs> sleep ever. Um, yeah. And I even inquired about the bed. It might've been at the W recently. Uh, I just ended up having to buy another, another mattress because the one I bought two years prior wasn't working out for me or my wife, but beds. Yeah. It's very important to me. Um, Pillows, not so much. I, I can basically even sleep on a rock if I had to, except, except for, because I have back problems, except for a pillow between the knees, since I'm like a side sleeper. Sometimes I have, to, most of the time I'll have a pillow between, a, you know, nothing too, too poofy or big, but between the knees, that seems to alleviate some back problems. Absolutely. Um, it lines yeah. your spine up. Oh, is that right? Yep. Yep. Just, I, I do the same thing. Well, it's yeah. another reason to bring your own pillow to a hotel because the pillow you got on your face today is the one that was between y'all's legs today. <laughs> well, and and that goes to like what Roy was saying earlier about um about bringing like the sheet, whether it was a, a a bath sheet or or just a plastic sheet, not just because of the bed bugs, but I'm sure you know all of us here have have uh, had nocturnal meanderings in hotels, <laughs> and so that's all well and good when you're doing them. But when you start to think how many other people have had those nocturnal meanderings, 
um, in the very same place. And uh, right. as, as mayor Matt said, and your face is on, you know, something and they're like, you, you just, you, you could quickly go down that rabbit hole and sometimes never come out. Okay. Billy. Look, look, there, there is uh once you come to accept the fact that there is poop particles floating all around you at all times, like it, then, then like, it's just, you, you reach this Zen kind of like, uh acceptance that the world is just a disgusting place and as long as you are not actively conscious of who was you know of the the act the the nocturnal meandering that happened on whatever bed you're using for the night i'm good i can i can phase that stuff out of my my mind and and not be affected by it so i got a question since john and crispy sort of answered this being side sleepers what about you drake what about you mayor side sleepers back sleepers Stomach, where do you go, Drake? I alternate from from stomach to back. I uh, it just depends on the night, how my body's feeling, how what if my back's hurting, if my shoulders seems like it's falling out of socket. It all just depends on where the body's at. <laughs> Matt, Matt, what about you? Uh, you know what? A little bit. Greg Cody made me laugh uh, on Tuesday because he was talking about sleeping like he was in a coffin. That's how <laughs> that that's how I start off. I, I'm I'm on the back. I'm not I'm not sitting crisscross applesauce while I'm doing it, but uh, but I've got the arms cro- folded across the chest. And then as I get a little bit sleepy, I'll either go left side or right side. Ambidextrous, left side and right side. Anybody use any uh, audio aids uh, when you sleep? Like uh, I've got an app, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I recommended it to a, a few we, of the other Lauer Rangers. We and... use the same one, Crispy. It's oh, uh, relax, it relax, relax Melodies. Relax melodies. Yes. It does something to my brain. Uh, the, what's the, I'm blanking on the abbreviation for the, uh, what MS, what is it? Um, ASMR. ASMR. Thank you. I was getting, I was having a, a bout of, uh, God, now I can't even think of that name. Thank you. Good Lord. I've got brain fog right now. Uh, anyway, ASMR, it like, it's the closest thing that triggers that sensation. I don't react to any of those videos, but there is like a, a nice mix on that Relax Melodies app where it, it does that thing where it makes my brain kind of. It numbs it. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so nice. I usually have on a, I'll put in an air, an ear, an air pod on one side and I'll lay on the other side. And I'll listen to usually it's honestly, I've, I've already finished listening to the Levitard show, but I'll put on David Sampson and nothing personal and listen to that. Not that not that it puts me to sleep, but I'll, I was I'll, about to say uh, the, that sounds I, like I, a shot, I, man. I, I love the show. No, but I'll, if I but if I get through that, it'll just roll to the next episode. And right, so I might right. wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'm in like mid-December from, you know, from shows. But, you know, if you've listened to all of them like I have. It, uh, it it eventually cuts itself out of the AirPod goes dead. But I usually got an air a, a, a podcast of some sort going in my head while I'm going to sleep. For me, it's TV. I lie in my bed, partly because me and my wife work long hours, and it's one of the things we do together is sort of throw on a show or throw on something we're you know, interested in, or we may have our computers open and still doing work. But usually we end up going to bed to, to TV. And um, I mentioned this to John earlier that recently I feel like we're doing a lot of Golden Girls, which is very yeah. weird. <laughs> But not bad. No, not bad. Because I think they're funny. But again, I'm old, so who knows? They're sassy. <laughs> they are sassy. No, I'm I'm the same way. Ant and I are very simpatico on 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 this front. Definitely like a TV watcher or video watcher. More so when I was 
well, at least on the conventional TV, um, since I've been married and my wife is a very, very light sleeper, uh, my screens have been um, shrinking over the years. So, you know, started off with a big TV, then a smaller TV, um, eventually got to an iPad, now, uh, you know, then a phone. And I, at this point, I'm going to have to buy a watch, an Apple watch <laughs> and watch it on that before I go to sleep. Um, you otherwise, have to my yourself wife, so you can like keep it like a like a cone of silence. So, she man, if, if 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 I just go up any little like anything beyond white noise, I get I get stirring on the other side of the bed, and I get like nasty looks, the the side eye, the stink eye, I get the elbow, I get I get it all, and and so yeah, it's um better days on on that front. All right, um, I, I've caught myself in a matrix of some sort here, and I apologize because. I'm still stuck on you watching Golden Girls, Aunt, and then I'm going. Wait a second! It's Rue McClanahan, B. Arthur, Betty White, and Estelle Gordon, I think. And I'm like Estelle Getty, Getty, Estelle Getty. So it's like I'm cracking on you for watching Golden Girls, and I know the whole freaking cast. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. is up with that? <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, Aunt Estelle Getty, who played the oldest, was actually the youngest. I believe she was actually. She certainly was much younger than her daughter Dorothy in the show by like 15 years or something crazy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny when somebody brings up a random show like that, the little, the little nuggets of, of things that you've committed to memory that you don't realize you have until somebody triggers them. Uh, it makes you wish you could prioritize, uh, you know, your memory for, you know, the, 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 <laughs> thing that you were supposed to grab your wife from the grocery store uh instead versus the cast of golden girls committed to memory uh, all right john from miami what do you got to talk about it was anybody else um kind of frightened by that by that jack black um uh no it wasn't jack black did, did i just jack white jack white that's right <laughs> i inverted the color um his evil was... twin his evil twin yeah yeah it, so Jack White, who was so pale in that picture that that Mike put up, um, it frightened me. It frightened me uh, for for him and his family, and uh, I was very concerned. I know it was like ten years old. He's probably got a little more color in his skin now, but that was just awful, awful to see. I thought I thought something was wrong with him. Um, what <laughs> do you guys his, think? That's just kind of his uh, his style. It was for a long time, particularly. When uh when he was still when when the white stripes were still together, he he had that super ghostly pale uh, look to him all the time. Some of it I think is is, uh you know it's aided with makeup. Like he he may avoid the sun, but it's hard to avoid the sun that much in my opinion. Yeah, someone mentioned face paint, but I uh, I wasn't I wasn't aware. So if, uh, I'll take your word for it. Secondly, I think this came up on our in our chat was patty melts. What do you guys think? Somebody uh, said that perhaps the best burger is a patty melt. And I, I was left scratching my head and thinking, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that was right. Dan's take. I'm not sure I agree with that, but it's certainly, it's it's a hill to die on, I guess. So what's let's go difference? around the horn. What's what's people's favorite uh, burgers? All right, I need the definition of a patty melt. It's basically a, a burger, usually like a smash burger and uh -huh. then uh, cheese. And then you, instead of having like burger buns, it's like, in between slices of a toast and some grilled onion on there too right or is that optional yeah it might, might have some grilled onions i think some places like steak and shake might add like a tangy sauce to it um uh, like a frisco melt or oh. something but i think the basic underpinnings of a melt is 
is a smashed burger cooked on a griddle and then with cheese and then served between two slices of toasted slices of bread and then okay. with onions or or um, some additional sauce. So yeah. mainly it's the bread that is the, the key difference? Yes. Yep. And the and the beef is usually cut thinner. It's not a it's not a massive Angus beef burger like the typical okay. burger. Okay. So it's a low quality cut of beef. Is what I is. I mean, it's it's a higher fat content kind of patty. Right. Or whatever. Okay. I mean, I'm a good old fashioned. I mean, give me give me a lettuce, tomato, onion on a nice thick burger with a with a with a bun. I, I'm being patty melt. No, no offense to patty melts. I didn't get this size by being finicky. But uh, to, say, to say it's the absolute best, I'm going to say negative to that. Right yeah, on. I have to agree. I'm just not a, I feel like, I think when I think of patty melts and using bread, I think back to Eddie Murphy in his comedy, again, because I'm old, talking about his mom giving him the welfare green pepper burger on Wonder Bread. And I just feel like <laughs> bread just doesn't hold up. I mean, I don't mind getting greasy when I eat a burger. Again, look the size I got to um, for, for all of you that can't see any of us. Yeah, but, uh, none of us you know. are dainty in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I just the feel like, audience. I don't know, I like a bun. It doesn't need to be a crazy bun. It doesn't need to be anything special, but I feel like a bun just works better with a burger. For you me- You got it, you like buns. I, absolutely. You like sandwiches, huh? Um, I, like, uh, I like some cheese. And what I actually like is a nice fried runny egg on my burgers. Ooh, but, you know, nice. but, I, but I'm a guy who likes the sort of, that sort of runny yolk going on. So I think for me, that's my favorite burger. That usually goes along uh, in some descriptions as a hangover burger. Yes. Yes. And then at that case, throw on some bacon and get a little extra grease in you because that'll help cure some of your L's anyway. Why not? What about you, Drake? What's your burger? Yeah, I'm definitely a traditional burger guy too, but I need pounds of bacon, at least four or five slices, um, some mayonnaise and I'm a Swiss cheese guy, not not American, not cheddar. I, I'm a Swiss cheese guy on a burger. Swiss is a very underrated uh, Swiss bacon, some grilled onions, maybe. Um, I like I'm, I'm partial to uh, Carolina style burgers, uh, mustard, chili, slaw, onions. Um, I throw a little mayonnaise on there, too. But, man, that uh, some some good chili and some good coleslaw on there. There is nothing like it. Uh, no peanut butter? At least I, I was just oh. going there, John. Like it's so, so yeah, I, I, I do. Um, it's, it's weird. I don't know if the, anybody in the audience has ever heard of this before, but, uh, peanut butter, mayonnaise and onions on hot dogs and on burgers is absolutely delicious. My most recent favorite is the shack burger. And I get it with cherry peppers on top. And that thing is, is a delight. Uh, if you guys have shake shacks by your place, just get yourself a shack burger and add cherry peppers and you will not be sorry. And you're welcome. Man, one one <laughs> Excellent. We don't have a, we don't have shake shacks around here. I have build to go one. to a, up to a build one. <laughs> I, have to go, I think they have one in like Myrtle beach or like up around Raleigh, but yeah, we don't have one here in Wilmington. Excellent. Well, that's, I mean, I have some more, but I think we might be running out of time. So I'll just kick it back to you. Yeah, I think that was a that was a good length. Uh, I think we covered um, the the bulk of the topic, except for today. We didn't we didn't have any. Uh, what should I call him, Rick or Rich? Uh, Renteria. Uh, what does he go by? <laughs> Both. Is that is that his AKA? 
Yeah, that that uh that cracked me up today. Them them uh, Stugats just chiming in with uh Rich Patino or 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 Rich Van Dyke. Uh, that that was my favorite. I think just that whole thread, um, on, on today's show and just the absurdity of that was and and I don't remember if it was today or yesterday, which the shows kind of blend together in my, my head, but uh, during the post game show, when Billy just asked, was that a good show? And everybody was like, absolutely not. No, no, that was, that was terrible. But uh, those are my favorite ones. Those are the most memorable. I I think those stand out to me the most. So uh, good three shows so far this week. I expect the next two will be, uh, will be just as good. They they seem to be on a heater lately. So uh, we will see you next week for another episode of midweek Menches. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.